Andersons PhD podcast. Anecdotes from 2000 days of researching, learning and teaching. My name is Jesper Andersen, and from January 2020, I'll be enrolled at the doctoral program at the Department of Architecture, Design and Media Technology, Aalborg University. I will be doing my PhD researching music and technology with three articles related to cochlear implant, distance learning and 3D audio. And for me, it will be a part-time job for five years while I will stay in my current position as associate professor and head of Tonemeister program at the Royal Danish Academy of Music. With this podcast, I want to give an informal look into the life of a PhD fellow, sharing thoughts, surprises, concerns and research findings on the way. Thanks for listening. So hello everyone and welcome to this ninth episode of Anderson's PhD podcast. And uh, the title of this is uh, The First Lab test but i suppose it could have been instead better late than never as a title or something like that because today is september 19th 2020 and i can see that it is almost half a year ago since i have posted one of these but uh, now i'm picking up podcasting here again and uh, i'll make sure to do at least one episode every month and hopefully also two I suppose that something like this makes the best sense if I actually do these quite frequently so I'll do my best to uh, yeah to be more active here. In the episode today I would like to start with a short overview about what has actually happened during this last year uh, and then move on to the current project uh, status you can say especially to talk a little bit about something very exciting which was the very first lab test that I did, or laboratory test, yesterday with Raswan, who's a really good partner in this part of my project, and we had a very good day yesterday that I can talk a little bit about, and then moving from there to say um, some words about the what will follow up on these first laboratory tests, uh, and then basically talk a little bit about what is coming up for the project here, because there's a, a lot of things. I'll still try to keep this quite short and focused and I think it's better to have more episodes with a focused topic than trying to cover too much in each uh, episode. So since last time during this half year, uh, <laughs> even though everything has been quiet here on the podcast, I must say in real life everything has been very, very hectic, especially due to the COVID-19 situation. And uh, as I have mentioned before, I have been working a lot with distance learning and video conferencing technology and so on. So actually it has been a busy time setting up a lot of uh, e-learning and online learning and video conferencing rooms for a lot of very good colleagues and helping people move from being in the same room together to teaching on screen from home. Uh, and uh, we just had a really good taste of opening up a bit more and being able to be more together. Now it seems like things are closing down a little bit again. So a lot of my time has been going on. I've been uh, focused on, on helping, helping out and since Distance learning will also be one of the three topics of my PhD. This is not totally irrelevant, even though it has taken a lot of my time. 
but more relevant to my PhD project. Uh, I have been attending a lot of uh, PhD courses. Uh, as you may know, out of a whole PhD in the Danish system here, uh, half a year's full-time work is me attending other PhD classes, so I'm supposed to learn a lot about research and research method and so on. Uh, and since the last podcast episode, I have been attending three different PhD courses that have been real interesting. And I'll do a separate uh, episode to cover what has been the content of those and the outcome and so on. But just as an overview now, I can say that these three have been uh, qu- uh, quite different. The first one uh, was investigating how to use audio and visual approaches to investigate complex learning processes. Uh, so this has been a way to see how you can actually use audio and video material in uh, in research, which has been really uh, relevant for me, something I'll be doing quite a lot. And then the next course that I was also very happy about was in June, and that was called Understanding Theory of Science. So this was about science theory, but also a lot about philosophy, which was uh, very interesting and really some some eye-opening moments there. Uh, and the third course I took was uh, in August, so that's not such a long time ago. And this is a, a course that is mandatory for all uh, PhD students at uh, Aalborg University. And it is called Applying the Danish Code of Conduct for Research Integrity to Your Research. And this has been a lot about code of conduct code of conduct in research things like making sure that you treat your data as you're supposed to and you protect personal information about uh, the people that are attending your your research project but also how to make sure that you're doing a really good and very honest uh, research work so as i said i'll get back to those uh, lessons in some other episode but right now I would like to take a little bit of time to talk about the very first lab test that we did yesterday so that was uh, September 18th um, and just to uh, to sum up uh, what I'm working on right now is this first topic of my PhD that focuses on uh, uh, improving music perception for cochlear implant listeners uh, and um, one of the, the elements and probably the biggest element of this is not so much improving the sound of music in the ear of co- cochlear implant listeners, but uh, rather to uh, help them sense music by adding other sensory inputs. And the first part of this is to to uh, add haptic inputs, so that means something that is vibrating, that you can feel through your skin. Uh, and as part of that, I've been very lucky to partner up with uh, Russ von Paisa, who's from Aalborg University and works there managing the lab laboratory and also as a yeah as a researcher you can say and he has developed a fantastic vibrating device you can hold in your hand uh, and it will vibrate not like a, a mobile telephone that just vib- vibrates at a certain frequency but it's actually more like a haptic synthesizer that is able to reproduce different notes Uh, So our hope is that we can find some way of adding these vibrating um, uh, stimuli to the hand of a listener and those stimuli will work together with the hearing uh, and create a a more detailed music perception. And actually the sense of touch through skin is in our brain processed in almost the same area as the sense of sound. You can almost say that our sound perception in the small hairs in the 
in the inner ear, in the cochlea, they are vibrating in a way that is very similar to how we, we perceive vibrations through our skin. So when you look at the, the, uh, the brain uh, research, um, the neuroscience on this, you can see that those two inputs, sensory inputs, this, the touch, the sensation on skin and the hearing, are actually being processed in almost the same way in the brain. So there's a big, a lot of indications that, that we can somehow make those two blend together. Well, the issue is that the, the frequency response and the dynamic response of our skin is very different to that of our hearing. So we are trying to find a way to say how can we best translate a, a full spectrum soundscape that we can hear to something that we can perceive in our skin. And hopefully if we can find a good way to, to change those, to make those two match, they will give a much better music perception. And this is what our test yesterday was all about, to see, well, what happens if we just play clean music with this uh, haptic synthesizer that you can hold in your hand? How do we feel that? Uh, I can say already that we know that if you just play full uh, spectrum music and that we will lose all the higher frequencies of the music and that will be a problem. Everything above, at least everything above 1000 hertz, so that's everything from the, the middle of the mid-range will be lost. So it's very important to try to find an algorithm to somehow also extract the higher frequencies and make those perceivable and also maybe to find a way that the pitch information of the most important pitch in the music is also being uh, recognized better through the skin. So what uh, Raswan has been doing my partner in this project is to find different algorithms that will somehow translate normal sounding melodies into better haptic feedback. And for this project I made uh, 225 different melodies that uh, with the three different il uh, instruments. So all in all that's a, a, a lot of data. Also there's a MIDI, so that's a sort of a data electronic note registration of every melody. So all in all I created 900 different files and they have been combined with different algorithms. So I, th I believe we reached something like 2,700 different audio files for listeners to work on. And the way this is organized is that they have headphones on and they hear a melody. They hear the same melody three times on the headphones and then for every single time they will get different haptic, so different vibrating stimuli on their hand. And only one of those stimuli that they get on the hand is actually matching what they hear in the ear. So only one of the melodies is the same, the two other melodies are false. And then they have to match up those two uh, correct ones if they can. And uh, we had yesterday uh, 15 test persons and they all went through uh, 72 melodies, all of them. And uh, the day after tomorrow, we will have probably 15 more people that will go through these. So we will have a lot, hundreds and hundreds of matching ups that will give us a lot of data to see uh, which hopefully will show us which algorithm works the best. But that's all in the data analysis that is coming up, which will be very interesting. And then once we have the data analysis, now I'm moving on <laughs> from talking about what happened yesterday to what we can look at in the future. I can say that already the whole research we have done in this can hopefully turn out to some really nice article. 
that we hope to have published somewhere, but we also hope that the research points towards one specific algorithm that works really well, and then from there we will work on expanding this to uh, real music, you can say, because what we have heard so far has only been monophonic melodies I have made uh, with the sound of a synthesizer, a trumpet, and a, a double bass. Uh, and it would be very interesting to to find the best algorithm and then expand that into um, to real music. You can say real music recordings. So this this is the future of the project. So now I'm actually already reading uh, reaching the third part of my uh, my uh, episode here uh, to tell about what is coming up for my project. So one thing, as I said, is to expand this current uh, haptic uh, project and see how far it goes. Hopefully, maybe it can lead to two more smaller articles, and then everything could keep be collected in one bigger study. And then on the side to that, I have already started working on the second uh, stimuli input to cochlear implant li- listeners, will, which will be visualizations. So another way is to say, besides holding a haptic device in your hand that will give you cues about the music, you can also watch uh, visuals, so it's some sort of computer-generated uh, input of, of the music, and that can also help your brain uh, uh, perceive the music so the the sense of sight is very different from the hearing they are processed very different uh, places in our brain but still there's a a good uh, perception overlap that that can be used somehow so this is a project that is already going on now with the with two students from Aalborg University that are doing a big project uh, which will be part of my PhD project as well and we have other good people involved in that and then already now the third part, which is actually the third part of my music perception improvement, will be about spatialization. Spatialization. So the idea behind this is to to see well if if we actually expand the space of a recording or a space of playback of music, it should also be easier to perceive what is going on in the music. So one big problem for cochlear implant listeners is that if they hear uh, music with uh, several melodies at the same time or with a complex harmonic structure and most music have that you can imagine a string quartet with two violins uh, and a viola and a cello or you can imagine pop music where you have voices and bass and guitar and keyboards and uh, drums and a lot of different instruments so one of the problems for cochlear implant listeners is to distinguish these different melodies from each other or different parts of the music from each other But uh, some research points to the fact that if you can somehow um, exaggerate the space between these instruments, so if you put one instrument only in the right side, another instrument only in the left side, maybe one instrument above you, something like that, it should be easier to distinguish uh, these elements and it could also potentially help the music perception. So this will be the third part of, of improving music perception. As I said, the first one is the haptics, the second one is the visuals, and then moving on also to the spatial enhancement of the music. And there are also a very good group of uh, students that are able to be working on this, so I have a meeting with them next week, and I'm looking very much forward into seeing how, how we can put a, put a good project together. together. Uh, 
And then the, the very big idea is that all of these things will somehow end up in a very big uh, cochlear implant concert, also with specially composed music for cochlear implants. Uh, but also again adding these uh, haptics and visuals and also uh, enhanced specialization of the music. And the enhanced specialization of music is also something that will be very interesting to the Music Academy since we are working a lot with the 3D audio and immersive audio productions there. So this will be very relevant and I really hope also to involve some Tonemeister students from the Music Academy. So I believe maybe I have already talked a bit too long now. So I think I would try to to wrap this up here and then um, save all the rest I have to say because I have a lot to say uh, for the next episodes. So at least coming up will be an episode to talk more about the data that came out of this first laboratory test. And then also at some point I'll do an episode to talk about some of the outcome and the content of some of the really good um, Uh, PhD courses that I have already taken but uh, I think it's good to wrap up now and then I'm looking very much forward uh, somehow within a month to to talk more about my project here so thank you for your attention and thank you for listening and uh, good night for comments questions and ideas you can reach me at jesper dot a-n-d-e-r-s-e-n at d-k-d-m dot d-k The music is by Homesick Hank. Check them out. Thanks for listening.